0: Welcome back everyone to the Risk Intel podcast powered by SRA, where we share risk intelligence with experts across the banking industry. I'm your host Ed Vincent, Executive Vice President at SRA. Hello and welcome to today's Risk Intel podcast. Joining me today is Nikki White. Nikki has experience as a Chief Risk Officer where she managed both enterprise risk management implementation and capital planning. And Nikki, you've also led audits within banks as a a CPA uh, and also as an external auditor. And today uh, at SRA, you lead the customer success and implementation teams. And you've also led a a range of advisory engagements that include construction of risk appetite statements uh, and adoption of related uh, policies and practices within banks related to risk appetite. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. Let's jump right into this question of of risk appetite. So how should a bank go about establishing an appropriate risk appetite?
1: Thank you, Ed. So I love this topic. It's it's always a spirited discussion as we go through implementation of enterprise enterprise risk management programs, because quite often what we see is that clients will come to us and they have a largely qualitative narrative statement that is a part of their board package. And they typically will review it annually unless a situation arises that necessitates they review it and, and update it more frequently. And as we look at maturing the risk governance program of the institution, what we typically advise is that they start to build in key metrics that are supporting of that qualitative assessment and of that qualitative risk appetite statement. What we find often though, is as they build out those metrics, there can, it can unintentionally create a disconnect between where they actually are looking to behave and, and drive from a strategic perspective to align their risk appetite to their strategic plan. So risk and strategy are two sides of the same coin. And when you have that strong linkage of, let's say you wanna be at 250% of this metric, but you've established a low risk appetite, but you're evaluating yourself of, as 275% is low risk, you have a disconnect there. And so aligning your risk appetite statement to the same series of benchmarks or the yardstick that you're using to measure your risk becomes an eye-opening experience that you can then report up to your board and either identify opportunities where you need to bring your activities in alignment with your actually board expressed appetite statement that has been approved, or you may find that you have more capacity to take on risk that you didn't know existed in your portfolio.
0: You talked a bit there about the board's role in in either setting or agreeing to or um, evaluating that, that risk appetite. Can you dig into that a little bit more and, and, and help us understand who really drives and who is a passenger in that journey, right? The, the board versus the chief, chief risk officer or other parts of the organization.
1: Absolutely. So so the board is dispensed with governance. So so the board is reviewing the proposals of of management, of the key executives, and aligning those with the policies that then feed into the strategic plan. So it's up to management to really be very clear in establishing and reporting around those metrics that are impactful to to the board's ability to exercise appropriate governance over the institution. Are
0: there some characteristics of risk appetite or a risk appetite statement that would would that you would characterize as critical must-haves or 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 similarly are there are there pitfalls to avoid in a risk appetite statement that you would say, right, that's a warning sign, whether that would be a warning sign to a regulator or to a board that that, a new board member that's coming in seeing a new risk appetite statement.
1: It really depends on the category. So a lot of times the risk appetite statement is developed at the top level. So what is the risk appetite of the financial institution, for example? Um, When you take that down to the next level, what is our credit risk appetite? What is our interest rate risk appetite? What is our liquidity risk appetite? And when you bring all of those elements together and aggregate those up to that overall composite view or the whole enterprise level risk appetite, one of the pitfalls is that they're disconnected so really making sure that all of the key players are involved in the development of that risk appetite statement and that there's adoption across the management team of taking this approach so that you have that quantitative approach and can can measure on it one of the one of the other pitfalls is establishing a risk appetite that conflicts with policies it really comes down to making sure that your entire um, that, that your entire reporting process is aligned how are you establishing your risk appetite? How are you setting your policy limits? How are they impacting or impacted by the strategic plan that you are are executing on that the board has approved?
0: It's, a, it's a, that holistic view of risk, right? It, it, it begins with that, that that statement, but then the policies that underpin it and then the reporting that, that then informs whether you have-, have They're all
1: interrelated. Conditions. And, and so thinking about pitfalls when they're not interrelated, when they're when they're disaggregated, when they're reported on separately, doesn't allow the, the board to really see the um, to see that full picture.
0: Great. Right. Wonderful. Nikki, thanks for the, the primer on risk appetite. We appreciate it. And we hope to have you back soon. Thank you. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.